Welcome to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best dead gum garden show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. We've got Mama Hoss in the house. Good deal. What's going on, Mama Hoss? Ready for Christmas. Ready for Christmas. It is Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Christmas. Are you ready? I'm ready. You got your presents wrapped? I do, and I got some good information I'm going to give to everybody in just a minute because I know these people are out there like me that's maybe procrastinating a little bit, and I got some great procrastination. Christmas ideas. What's going on? Been doing a little carrots this week. You was proud of those carrots last week. I was. I was a little excited. Yep. Somebody might have told me I was too excited. But... Yeah, you did good. So I took them and um, there should be a video out this week. I fermented some and then I pickled some. And these is just refrigerator pickles, so you don't have to process them or anything. I got some for you to taste. Cool, love and, to taste. And you have not tasted these. I have not. So. Yep. Now these, explain to me what I'm tasting here, if you don't mind. Okay, these pickle carrots are basically just apple cider vinegar, some pickling spice, and they've sat in the fridge for five to seven days. Now, those are the ones I put in the slaw. Not a fan. You're not a fan? Not a fan. <laughs> uh, apple cider vinegar. You think I should just use regular vinegar? Yeah. Too much pickling spice? Just a little. I told you it was going to be a little punchy, a little punchy there. Right there. Yeah. yeah. What's this? Um, that's what you just ate. This one? Okay. This is the fermented carrots. Oh, and you slice those lengthwise. Yeah. Like sticks, carrot sticks. No, like that. That is good. That's good. And a lot of people said, what do you use these for? Well, these fermented carrots are used just for snacking. I mean, or you could put them in, any, in anything you normally put carrots in. I wonder what the lifespan would be in a refrigerator. I think I read like six months. Wow. Well, but I don't think they'll last that long. They're not going to last that long. Now, these may last that long. Well, but these I can hide those in slaw and you'll never know. Okay. You'll have to hide them. You didn't know when that slaw made of the night? No, it, it would be okay in something else, but by itself it's a little overpowering. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Well, for you people out there, let's put them right here so everybody can see. You people out there, and I know you some guys out there that have procrastinated and maybe not bought your Christmas gift now. I got a great Christmas gift idea for you. It's not too late. Although it is Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, and probably you're going to be out of luck trying to do any shopping tomorrow because it's Christmas Eve and you know what crazy it's going to be and people's going to be closing early because the Christmas falls on the weekend this year. Great Christmas idea from me, Hoss. Um, I've done this in the past. So either you didn't buy Christmas presents that you knew you should have for the spouse or you didn't buy enough. There at the last minute you're feeling like you didn't accomplish enough. You know she's got you a lot more new. This is something that I've done in years past. It really works well. Take you a sheet of paper and write on it coupon IOUs on there, such as foot rub or I will cook dinner one night. And these really make a huge impact on Christmas morning. And you fold these up and put them inside the envelope and give them to her. And I'm going to just tell you, she'll be blown away by this right here. <coughs> the reality is, you know, a foot rub, foot rub on there is wonderful out here. How you foot rub and all that kind of stuff. It's great to do that. Now, the reality is 
you may not fulfill all these obligations, but it's the thought it's what counts anyway. It's a great Christmas idea from Hoss here to get you by out of a type. Piece of paper, pen, a little imagination, five or ten minutes, and you have conquered that, you know, that weird feeling you get like you didn't get somebody enough. You can conquer that by doing these things right here. Just do as many as you feel like you need to do and let your imagination be what you put into this right here. It's unlimited. So there you have it. Christmas tips from Hoss. That's pretty good. I'm going to yeah. hold you to that. Yeah. I expect some. Sure you do, but it's the thought that counts. Okay. If we don't I'll let fulfill, you know if I get some coupons. If I don't fulfill coupons. all of it, it is the thought okay. that counts. Painful. Yep. Yep. Great. <laughs> you know what? We've got a good show. Mm -hmm. It may be a little lengthy, but we're going to do a show. We've got some new products, and we're going to do a rapid-fire question and answer. We're mm -hmm. not going to get hung up and drawn out. We're going to do that. But first of all, let's go over some new products that we got. Okay. New products that we got are... This one, here's our first one. And let me tell you, folks, this is an old type of uh, fungicide. It's been around for a long, long time. We brought this on for a couple of different reasons. It has probably the broadest label of a fungicide of any of the fungicides out there. It's old chemistry that I've been familiar with for a long, long time. And it is probably the best thing to put on onions for onion blight. That's the main reason we brought it on was to have something you guys could use because onion blight ate us up last year. And I've noticed I got a little bit starting now, so we want to be prepared for that. And we're going to use this chlorothionyl as the active ingredient in it. It's a, it's a contact protective fungicide, and it has a broad, broad label. It works on powdery mildew, downy mildew, all your leaf spots, your rust, just about everything. And what it does, it protects that leaf, coats that leaf, from those spores being able to get into the leaf and infect it. It is a great one there. Uh, the only drawback to this one right here, if it rains real hard, it can wash it off and you have to reapply it like a seven to 10 day, seven to 14 day intervals. So it's not just for onions? Not just for onions, but it is great for onions. And onions have a very lim onion blight has a very limited um, scope of what will work on that. Okay. Pumpkins. If you're trying to grow pumpkins and keep the downy mildew off, that is a good one. You just got to stay after it. All right. So the next one is this right here. Now, this is also something I'm familiar with a long, long time ago. It's been around for a while. But what really intrigued me to bring it on our product line was the packaging. Uh, we used to buy this stuff in 50-pound bags in the flight. Now they put in these nice little, I think it's a one pound, yes, a one pound bag and this nice little spout here. This is probably the only natural fire killer that works that you can use in the vegetable garden. Uh, we're going to be doing a video on it later. I know it's not really fire season yet, and I'm going to go into detail on how to use this stuff right here because there are some tricks to it. This stuff works wonderful. It's natural. Uh, you don't have any you don't have to worry about any toxic pesticides out there in your garden. A um, couple of tricks to the way you have to use it, but it does work well and it kills what we call the mama queen and kills the whole fire collie. So that one there, and that's a good one right there. I'm, I'm excited about having this one for this upcoming season because a lot of people, you know, have trouble mm -hmm. with fire ants in the garden. We do. Yep. All right. And new seeds. What about new seeds? We're, we're getting a lot of new seeds in. This is just a sample. 
So y'all stay tuned. Keep an eye on that new for 2022 on the website. Yep. Yep, and what we're going to be doing every show, every time on every show for the next couple of weeks is going over some of these new varieties here. All right, so the first one here, let me get my all my duds in order. The first one here is yeah, I'll hold it. you hold it is Treasure Chest Watermelon. Now you guys knew I grew a variety similar to this um, last year. I grew the Baby Doll, which was similar to this, but my Baby Doll was seeded. This is a seedless yellow icebox watermelon. The rind is kind of of a light green color with dark green stripes on there. Six to nine pounds, so it makes a small watermelon. We call these icebox mm -hmm. because they're small. And icebox goes back in the day, you know, we called refrigerator iceboxes. Mm -hmm. So these are great for, for putting in the icebox refrigerator, getting them cold, perfect for snacking or for small families. It is a seedless variety, therefore you have to have a pollinator. The pollinators are included inside of this seed pack. Cool. And uh, it's very similar to Baby Doll, except it is seedless. It is F1 hybrid and has some uh, disease resistance to it. Excited about having that, that one there this year. Next one is Time Bomb Pepper. Now Time Bomb is a, is a hot cherry pepper. Now, it's not really, really hot such as some of your uh, what's habaneros or things like that. This is what you would consider a medium heat. Uh, it starts out green and it turns this bright red when it's ready to harvest. The fruit's about an inch and a half by an inch and a half, somewhere along there. It's, about, it's not a real big pepper and it is perfect for stuffing. If you want to stuff it and put it on the grill, it's perfect for that. It's also good for salsa. And what about pickling? You know, mm -hmm. you love to pickle. Love this would be a good one to pickle here. I bet you could ferment it too. Yeah, sure you could. Medium heat for you guys that love the medium heat. All right, the next one there is Red Dynasty Cabbage for you guys out there. And we got it, anytime we grow cabbage, we love to grow some red cabbages to throw in the mix here. Red Dynasty is a deep red hybrid cabbage variety with a slightly round flat head. This is a very popular variety for the market grower. The head rate is around three and a half to five pounds. It's, a, it's considered a larger head cabbage. And the thing about the Red Dynasty, it has excellent internal cover. So the, the wrappers that wrap around the outside not only have this nice red color, but also the interior of it has nice red color. Holds up well during storage, mm -hmm. so it has good shelf life. All right, next one is Katrina. 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 Mm. You know, we have a lot of people wanting to grow in containers now. Mm -hmm. and this is a perfect cabbage for oh, growing in containers. Cool. Yep. This is not a very big cabbage. This is a smaller head cabbage right here. It is an All-American Selection winner from 2016. With its smaller head, it is perfect for the small family, for the couples that don't need them big old large heads to have to process. And you just want it for one meal. This is the perfect one for that early maturing variety. 45 days, which I don't know of another cabbage out there that matures out. In so could you plant days. it right now? You could plant it right now. You could, it's oh. on eight. You could, and we're going to be covering that in about a week or two okay. on the next show. But yeah, absolutely you could. Um, <laughs> within the next, I would say within the next two to three weeks, it needs to be planted. Okay. You know, for growing your transplants. Uh, the next one is one called Malbec Carrot. This is a new red carrot variety with stunning color. Now this is more your kind of your Bugs Bunny, long slender carrot. Ah. 
Yep. Grows up to 10 inches long. Good tolerance to blight and to bolting. And bolting is to keep it from bolting out during those hot Seeding weather. Out. Yep. Great juicing variety. So oh. you juicers out there, this is the one for you. It has that nice red color on that side. But throughout the carrot, it has that nice intriguing red color. And we know these dark colors are high in what? Antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Good Man, for you. Good stuff there. That's good stuff there. All right. Let is moving on. I got one little per public service announcement to make. If I can get what I'm trying to get here. There it is. You know, it's that time of the year when we have some some weeds growing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring everybody's attention to something that they may or may not know. Anyway, I think it would be a huge benefit for people to know that. And you got my pliers here, and we got my bowl here. So I'm going to show y'all a weed that we have here in the garden that you probably have, may have, may not have. You need to keep a, a lookout for it. I got pliers when I picked it up. Can we zoom in on that right there? All right. That, folks, is what we call fireweed. Now, fireweed mm -hmm. is the common name for it. If you ever get stung by it, you may call it a few other things. Mm -hmm. The... Uh, the correct name for it is called stinging nettle. Yeah, it will sting. And we have it here on our place. It feels bad. like you've been burned. Yeah. If you get into this right here, you will know it, and it will cause you to say ugly words. But now some people use it as a medicinal. They do, but I'm not sure about that. I, I've been told that that I've happens. seen some posts about that. But from our standpoint, it is a, it's a nuisance. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, this stuff here will hurt you. I'm telling you, it will hurt you in a bad kind of way. It's got these little spines that can run out of it and it will just blister you up it'll make you cry and how do you get rid of it well there's really a couple of ways you can get rid of it you can take a shovel and you can torture it which is a good practice i love to do i just love to beat it up with a shovel dig it up get rid of it uh the only chemical application that'll get rid of it is called triclopyr round it won't touch it you need to use something called triclopyr and that will take care of it that's the only thing i know of now here's the problem with that weed. It looks very similar to another weed. That weed right there is called henbit. I have a lot of that. And it looks real similar. A lot of people mistaken it for henbit. Henbit will not hurt you. Henbit is a friendly weed. It has a nice purple flower. But the leaf do look, do look, does look similar. This leaf looks a little bit bigger. It's a little bit bigger, but they do look similar. A lot of people mistaken it for that. But... There is a huge difference on the way it feels to you. That hand bit's a, that's a good, uh, pretty little flower on that purple flower. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure this one. I've never seen this one flower out. But man, that's some bad stuff there. So if you got that, be aware of it. Get it out of your way. We normally, we normally see it around horse barns, mule barns, feedlots more than we do anywhere else. All right. Public service announcement. Out of the way. Out of the way. Let's get into some Q&A. All right. At the end of the show, y'all stay tuned because we're going to draw five people that we've answered the question um, and give them this pollinator garden collection. Yep. Also, we've got a couple of good stories we're going to share with y'all after this question and answer thing that's really moving. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of customers uh, send us the emails and... We want to share with y'all that. Being it is Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, we want to share that with you. So make sure you stay tuned to the end of the show there. Story got time. Story time. We got a little something exciting happening there at the end. How about that? Mm-hmm.
Cool. All right. Let's move into it, Mama Hoss. All right. When I put my glasses on, that's business. Yeah. Business is a rule. Mm -hmm. Okay. From Champion Homestead, can you plant potatoes without sprouting first? Yes, you can. You can plant them without sprouting. Uh, I normally like to sprout mine a little bit. That way I see where the eyes are of the potatoes. If you don't pre-sprout them, it takes them a little bit longer in the ground to come up. But yeah, you can plant them pre without uh, pre-sprouting. R War Grumble. How do you calculate how much or how concentrated fertilizer to run through your drip? And with the variability of rates, like 1 to 100, needs X amount of fertilizer per X amount of gallons of water concentrate. Currently working towards getting a fertigation setup going with a Dositron. 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 I salvaged from our chicken houses. How about a five-gallon bucket to mix my fertilizer? Ooh, that's a mouthful. It is. Now, I'm going to take my glasses off because it's fixing to get profound here for deep. just a minute. Deep. A lot of people really get confused on this, and it can and it is a complex question. How much fertilizer do I put in my ejector to get out? And it's subjective to a lot of different factors. Crop, soil type, temperature, and all that. Don't make it too complicated and try to think about it like this right here. The water that you're using is only a carrier for the fertilizer. So don't get caught up real deep in how much water is going through there. You want to understand how much fertilizer you're putting out on this area here. And that'll help you try to comprehend it better. Example, if I had a thousand square foot plot and I was wanting to put a quarter pound of nitrogen out there, do some quick math to understand how much quarter pound of N is and make sure you have it set up so that that can get applied out there through a certain amount of water. Don't overthink it. Just come up with your little strategy of how to figure these things out and it can happen. As far as me giving you rates and specifics on that kind of stuff, we have people calling all the time. And sometimes I will give them a starting point, but it is nearly impossible for us to tell you how much fertilizer you need to put out on, how big of an area, what crop it is, your soil type, your temperature, and all that. Does that make sense? Good answer. Good answer. Glasses back on. All right. Next one is from Yulon Hinchley. She says, do you have a printed catalog? No, we do not. Um, we started, stopped printing them in 2018. Uh, sort of like the same time we started um, offering the seeds. It's just not um, relevant anymore. Our seeds, our inventory changes so often. And we just didn't think it was um, an investment we should make. Um, everything's on the website. If you have any questions, you can't find anything, just call our customer service number, 229-769-3999, or email cussserve at hallstools.com, and we'll be glad to help you. Kellogg's are a thing of the past. And it's really a good thing. We're saving a lot of trees, a lot of paper. All right. What's the next next one, question. Mm -hmm. on. None your business. What's the best pea variety to grow for having dried pea, dried split peas to make soup with? Well, I'm not a big split pea soup person. I've never made it. But. Have you? I have not. But I'm going to expand on it just a little bit and we're going to ask for some help. You can make split pea soup with English peas. And even about English pea varieties, such as Sugar Prince, Mr. B would work fine. You just take the outer covering off, and that pea splits apart, and that's how you make split pea soup. However, a lot of people make it out of a yellow pea. 
and it turns your soup kind of yellow, which is kind of looks good. So if you any of you split pea soup folks out there <laughs> are experts, comment below and tell us what peas you grow to make that split pea soup. Because you know what? I think it'd be interesting to try. The pictures I've seen them look very appetizing. And the recipe. And the recipe. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Becky Schaefer. How do you keep the stink bugs off zucchini? How to keep green worms off cauliflower, kale, and cabbage? And she is from Indiana. Mm, complex question. We get a lot. Keep your garden clean, good housekeeping, start your plants early. Don't wait till the middle of summertime. You have a lot of bug pressure. Plant in the springtime, you have less pressure. And have a plan. Have a plan because those stink bugs and those other insects are a lot easier to control when they're small. Implement you a pest control program with some of our products like Nemo, Spinosad to get those insects when they're in the nymph stage. Break that cycle and you'll be more successful. Rusty Plow Farms he has, has two questions. First is, will this show be a podcast? You know what? It is. It is, yep. Spotify is it on? Apple. Apple. It's on Apple. Okay. Thank you there. Thank you. Yeah. And the gardening question is... I should have known that. You should have I feel known. like I should have known that. You know now. I know now. Do you have any brilliant ways to store all the attachments for my single wheel hoe? Right now, they are in various stages of organization. Some have hooks on the barn wall. Some are just piled on the on the workbench on the floor. Mm. You know what? I've, I've often had the same problem. I'm not the most organized person in the world, but as is that time of year as we talked about last week, getting your garden shed organized. Why don't we do this right here? If you found a way to organize your garden tools, send us a picture uh, on the row by row or either put it in the comments below and give us a picture of how you organize your wheel hoe implements so we can share it with everybody. That would be a great, uh, great information to share out there. I could use it as well. You could, yeah. yeah. All right, and this is next one is Firefly Dreaming 4. I'm planning to build a new strawberry raised bed and want your advice on what soil type in the mints I should add. I have a compost pile I've been working for about four months. I just added 14 bags of leaves and wonder if I should add some of this to the bottom or to the top when we fill it. These strawberry plants are coming from an existing area in case that matters. Okay, yes, you should add it and you should add it to the top. The key to is to incorporate all this really well. You agree, Hoss? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I know compost would be you, you would be my number one choice. If I could, if you could turn that leaves into compost and then apply it. But if I couldn't, I would apply the compost and then I would apply the leaves there on top to incorporate it all in. Okay. Get those microbes feeding, decompose those leaves. All right. Triple CS forming. This is a good one. You're gonna like this one. Mm -hmm. What kind of watermelons do you plant and how to plant them? I plant a lot of different varieties uh, nowadays, being as we're in the seed business, and I like to try all different varieties. So every year I'm trying something different. My all-time favorite goes back to an open-pollinated variety called Crimson Sweet, which will probably won't be one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I normally plant them on drip, of course. Uh, three to four foot row spacing is called how my plot lays out. 
Uh, we've, in years past, we used to plant them a lot further apart. Now we've got, we're doing more intense planting. Three to four foot row spacing, in row spacing, about two foot apart. Mm -hmm. Next one is from Scott Franklin. He said, would you recommend incorporating brassica leaves into raised beds after harvest or throw them away? Thanks, love the show. Yes, I would incorporate them in, just do a chop and drop, but you want to incorporate those. You don't want to let them sit there on top of the soil and rot. You want to go ahead and work them into the soil and they actually add nitrogen. Mm -hmm. It's a good source they of do. nitrogen. They do. All right. David Pryor, I have sugar sand soil that has been improved. Which will hoe would be the best suited for those loose sandy soil, single or double? live in Northeast Texas? We have this question a lot. We do, and you know, there's no wrong answer there. Either of our wheel hoes will work great in sandy soils. What I would say is based on how big your garden is, if you've got a small garden, thousand square feet or so, I think a single wheel hoe work fine for you. If you got a bigger garden, go with a double wheel hoe, and don't fret it if you make the wrong decision, because you can always change that single wheel hoe later on to a double wheel hoe with our conversion kit. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one's from Couples Therapy for Yamas. Yamas great. or Yamas? Yamas, great name. Yamas. Yamas, real close. <laughs> what type of nightshades are you growing there? We grow tomatoes, eggplants, peppers, and potatoes. And that would be Irish potatoes. Not sweet Not potatoes, sweet potatoes. Which are in the morning glory family. Mm -hmm. And the next one is... My Tennessee home, I've, I've not had much luck with Roselle here in South Central Tennessee. Just bought seeds to try again. What is the optimal pH season and soil type for best results? Okay, I have to admit my Roselle did not do well this year. I was late planting them and the frost actually got to them before I was able to harvest. I was really disappointed. No Roselle wine this year. Um, the optimal pH is about 6.0 to 6.5. Um, the key to the roselle is planting them early, but you can't plant them until you have the optimal soil temperature. They're in the mallow family, just like the okra. So if you can plant them in the greenhouse indoors and get you some transplants going, and as soon as that soil heats up to the right temperature, plant them outside. They love the heat units and then when the short days come, that's when they actually put on the fruit. Yep. Okay, next question. C. Middleton 72, any plans to sell humidity domes for your seed trays? We don't have any plans for the 162 and 338s. However, we have a great product called our Deluxe Seed Starting Kit that has a top-notch humidity dome on it. And you can grow as many as 48 uh, plants in that humidity dome. Goat Hunter, how do I kill termites in my compost garden beds? After a few weeks of heavy rain, I was aerating the soil and noticed I had termites. I'm looking for a non-toxic solution to get rid of them. Thanks. Remove any cellulose material, anything that's wood-based, remove it and remove the food source. Now, one thing you may want to do is make sure they're termites instead of ants because both of them look kind of the same. So if you don't know how to tell the difference, get somebody to help you find out the difference of what they look like to make sure you identify them correctly. But if you got termites, take the food source away. Okay. 
Last question, Leland Shanks, Zone 7B. We do a great with broccoli. Any tips you can give for cauliflower, recommended variety? Thanks. Yep. These are the two I've grown this fall. I've grown them before, but uh, if you want to go a little something different, that graffiti right there is a good one. I've got some pretty ones in the garden you right do. now. Or if you want a good standby that's just perfect, it's going to perform for you every time, that flame star is a good one right there. It has a nice pretty yellow color to it. How about that? Those are good varieties right there to, uh, okay. to go with. All right. So let's share. Man, being as it's Christmas time, everybody's a little bit emotional. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So let's share a couple stories. Who loves a good Christmas story? Who loves a good Christmas story? Blaine emailed me over the weekend. Christmas service, Christmas service forwarded me, and I got this email. I don't want to read it to y'all because this is such inspiring. Dear Greg, I hope you don't care if I call you by your first name. I've never met you, but I feel like I've known you forever. I love to garden, but since I've been watching your show, I feel like I am learning how. I live in Idaho. We grow different things, but the basics are still the same. You have completely changed my life. I cannot, I can't believe my garden. People come and see it and are blown away. It all because of you, and it's so easy. Robo Rose, my favorite show. I can't wait to Thursday night. I can't thank you enough. You have changed my life. Thank you, your biggest fan. Blaine, let me explain something to you. You have been such an inspiration for us from this right here. Man, I read that email, and I understood. What, what Blaine has done is he has picked up a skill set to be able to guard successfully and to grow his own food. And to be able to have that skill set to pass down to his children, his grandchildren for generations and generations, it's just awesome. I am so proud of Blaine and what he's accomplished. You know, he's got this sense of accomplishment, which he should have, he should. that he can actually grow his own food. So it's a perfect example of somebody that's stuck in there and has learned how to grow their own food. They're proud of the fact that they did. I mean, we're so excited to be a part people's endeavors such as Blaine and what yeah. he's accomplished there. We, two, two decades ago, that was the reason this company was started, so we could help people grow their own food mm -hmm. and be successful. And two decades later, we're still doing it. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. I got a call yesterday, also from a fan. Um, she has watched our YouTube videos. Actually, her sister introduced us to her and their new gardeners and they said they had learned everything from us um, she's bought quite a bit from us and she's a school teacher in Valdosta she lives in Quitman and what was so inspiring about her is she is teaching the children in her class how to grow a garden as she's learning so it's a learning experience for both of them and she was inquiring about some products because she's going to have a class in January and she's going to teach them how to, when to plant a garden, how to take care of it, what supplies you need, how to use supp supplies that you have. And I just think it's awesome that she's passing this skill on down to children who can pass it to their children. Such a mentor, just a, a great story. Yeah. You know, walking that journey with those kids of learning how to grow their own food, what better way could it be with that? Actually teaching those children something that's relevant. You mm -hmm. know, so many times today in our school system, we feel like kids are not being taught relevant 
useful information. But having that information, you know, brought to them there, man, it's just awesome. Yeah, and, and she said what was real interesting is now the parents, since she's teaching the kids, the kids are going home talking to the parents, and now the parents are interested, and they're also learning from the kids how to grow a garden. And I can promise you this right here, those kids will remember that the rest of their life. Those things like that have a huge impact on, on everybody, but especially kids when they're in that molding stage mm -hmm. coming up. And those, those inspirations being taught to them and given to them at such an early point in life will be habits that will be instilled into them throughout their life. And I just think it's awesome. It's people like her, people like Blaine out there that are learning these new skill sets and applying them in their lives. Awesome, mm -hmm. good stuff. Awesome. So you know what? It's getting time to the end of the show. Corny joke of the week. Corny joke of the week. Corny joke of the week. What our local, the local farm equipment dealer in town. What piece of equipment does he sell that he will not stand behind? Hmm. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you're a spreader. That would be a dirty job, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. dirty. <laughs> Andy, Andy Webb shared that with me earlier this week. Now I saw oh, and I've heard before, but I thought it was worth bringing back. One piece of equipment that the farm equipment police will not stand behind is the mini mm -hmm. So how, how much truth is in that? All right. Shall we draw some names? Let's draw some names, yeah. All right, so let's see if I can find, we got mess underneath here, all kinds of stuff. All right, so what, how many names are we gonna draw? Five. Five names from the people that submitted these questions, and we're gonna send them a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so, so I got a Hall's hat here, and it's a pretty Hall's hat. So we got all the names of the people that did questions, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to draw them, and we're going to give them what? We're going to give them this pollinator garden collection. Okay. You okay. Carrot side away. Let's see. The first one is Scott Franklin. You send us your um, shipping address, and we'll send you out a pollinator collection. Number two is couples therapies for yamas. Ah, okay. Number three is my new Tennessee home. Number four is Triplecus farming? Triple. Triple. CS farming. Triple CS. Boy, I put all that together. I think I'm going to let y'all read that one. What number is that? Four. Four. Thank you. This is five. Becky Schiffner. We'll throw those up on the screen. So if your name was drawn, send us your shipping address and we'll get one of these in the mail to you all right folks from here at Hoss tools we want to wish wish each and every one of y'all from the bottom of our heart a very merry christmas and we hope y'all have a very blessed time we thank you from bottom of my heart for being part of our family for the last few years and we wish each and every one of y'all a merry christmas thank you and y'all have a happy new year now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty mm -hmm.